How you doing, everybody? I'm Ken Bykoff, and welcome to the Peagues Podcast. Indiana football sits at 4-1 after losing to Ohio State last week in a 42-35 effort that saw the Hoosiers show a lot of mental toughness and grit in the second half. They, they made a great comeback, ended up falling short, but still, it, it's just a performance that is not about hanging your head about anything. And now this week at Memorial Stadium, they're going to take on the Maryland Terrapins, who sit at 2-1 and one overall and haven't played since November 7th. Now, this is going to be an interesting game because Maryland just started practicing again on Monday. Uh, head coach Mike Loxley has been uh, uh, diagnosed with COVID-19. There's a, no- a number of different uh, players that have had uh, issues. This is a team that had to cancel their games against Ohio State and against Michigan State in the past couple of weeks. Now, if you look at just what they've done this year, they got housed by Northwestern in in week one, losing 43-3. Minnesota, they ended up beating 45-44 in overtime, and then they knocked off Penn State 35-19. Now, we've learned a lot about Penn State uh, during this portion of the season. And, uh, you know, again, it's, it's just one of those things. Indiana beat Penn State. And it's turned out that Penn State is not a very good football team. The jury's kind of out on on Maryland. And that is is the way I look at it, because we don't know. You know, look, Northwestern's obviously good. Indiana, uh, I'm sorry, Northwestern beat Maryland very easily. Minnesota, very hit and miss. They needed a one-point overtime game to knock them off, and then you beat a bad Penn State team. Now, Indiana, obviously, their four wins. You have Michigan State that's been shaky. You have Michigan that's been shaky. You got Penn State that's been shaky, and you got Rutgers is the same way. Uh, That's not to say anything against those wins. Those are important wins, and Indiana certainly has taken care of business in three of those four wins, and the other one was, was a confidence builder. So now... They take on a Maryland team that's a little bit up in the air. It's, it's difficult to prepare for a team that hasn't played in three weeks. Where are they going to be from a mindset issue? The Hoosiers at least get to come back home and play at Memorial Stadium after spending the last two weeks on the road. All of it comes together to provide yet another unique Saturday in a year that has been filled with nothing but unique Saturdays. So before we get into talking a little bit about the game, I wanted to bring you comments from head coach Tom Allen during his weekly press conference conference held over Zoom on Monday. Appreciate everybody being here and covering our guys and our program. Just wanted to say once again, um, you know, just very disappointed in in the close loss. Um, didn't play four qu- four quarters of our best football. And can't do that against a team of Ohio State's um, caliber and talent and coaching, all that included. So, um, but really proud of our football team for for the fight, um, the character that they showed um, to get down like that and, and to uh, just keep fighting back. And even though we, you know, had every reason not to, um, just really uh, feel like that that's. Uh, you know, a sign of a, a program that's um, beginning to um, change and at the core of who you are, it's your foundation. Um, and so obviously got to do a better job of, of uh, um, not putting ourselves in that position. And when you look at the, the reasons for um, the, the deficit we put ourselves in, you know, we, we turned the football over. Um, there at the right for halftime. That was a pretty critical sequence, um, right for half, and then they take it down and score, and then take the opening kickoff, 
second half and score. So that was that was not good. Um, create takeaways, uh, which we know we needed to do, but then gave one of those back on that very same play, which is unfortunate. Um, got to do a great job having ball security as a defense when, once we do get a takeaway. And then just inability for us to run the football and, and not stop the run, kind of glaring things that stick out to me. Um, but uh, just got to build off of uh, the situation, learn from it, and uh, do a better job of being able to to start fast and, and being in a position where, you know, we can, um, you know, give ourselves a better chance, you know. So, but uh, a lot of positive things to build off of, and that's what we're going to choose to focus on. Questions? Zach, you there? Yeah. Um, Tom, I guess just sorry to spin forward so quickly, but I know that, that things are going to be ongoing at Maryland. But for you as a coach, just how do you handle a week like this? Do you start to build in contingencies for the possibility of, of something getting knocked back, or do you just kind of go business as usual until you have more information about where things stand in, in College Park? I would say business as usual and uh, we'll adjust if necessary. But uh, everything we have been given at this point is we're expecting to play. All right, John, and then Peaks. Uh, you mentioned it in the beginning there, just wanting to start faster. Uh, how do you explain some of the slow starts that you guys have had offensively? Are there things that you look at and you say, we could do this better or that better to try to you know, make it happen, I guess? Yeah, just going back and, and looking at everything that you do in your preparation, which is what we're going to be doing here and have been doing this weekend, and just trying to, you know, find ways to to prevent that. You just can't do that, you know, going against this type of team and, you know, any, any team for that matter. But uh, to be able to <clears throat> overcome those, you know, gets much more difficult. Uh, you know, the better the team you're playing. So um, I think it's it's just still that's we we go back and you look at every walkthrough. Uh, your reps, your practice reps, um, the attention to detail. Uh, are we getting the, the focus? Do we have the plan that we need to be able to, you know, um, generate some of those uh, drive starters, per se, you know, um, on the offensive side of the football and drive stoppers on defense? To me, those are the key things to be able to, you know, get off the field on defense and stay on the field on offense, you know. And so, but I think a lot of it still goes back to, you know, create more manageable third downs, uh, which is goes back to running the football, which was a, a major um, issue on Saturday. And so to me, that's, that's really where it starts in my mind, uh, to be able to create more of those um, opportunities to stay on the field with more manageable third downs, you know. So looking at everything that we got to do, and, and that process never stops, and that's not going to be you know, any different right now. And uh, when things aren't where they're supposed to be, you got to fix them. All right, Peaks, and then Kevin. Coach, it seems like you know, you're obviously blitzing maybe more than you have in the past. Was that something you thought about over the summer? You know, looked at your defensive backs' abilities and maybe thought that would be a, a good strategy coming into the season. And are you doing it more as the season goes along because of the success of it? Yeah, I think any time you, know, you go, we went, we went through and evaluated like we always do every area and try to find what can we do to really, you know, take the next step as a program, you know, in terms of being able to gain an advantage schematically, you know, and you know, structurally and, and just in the things that we're doing to give our guys, you know, the best opportunity for, you know, success on game day. And so, you know, we've always been an aggressive style of defense here and that's not going to change. And, 
And uh, but uh, at the end of the day, it's it's kind of more the way we're structuring the back end. Um, the the pressures have become um, maybe a little bit more. I don't know the exact percentage variance compared to the last several years. Uh, it's it's varied at different times. Um, but uh, I do know that you know the, the type of coverages we're playing have 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 changed. You know, in, in terms of just the the percentage of those coverages is different than it's been in the past. And so, um, but uh, at the same time, just trying to do everything we can do to give our guys a chance to to be successful. And just wanted to create create more takeaways. Those are such a big deal for us. And, and anytime you can get your eyes you know on the quarterback um, and and seeing the ball released. Uh, increases the chances of, of those takeaways. And so you got to be able to do that very strategically because um, you can, you know, blitz and play man, and it's a little simpler. Um, but at the same time, against some really, really high-level um, speed and skill at receiver, that just becomes harder to do that. You know, you just got to win all those one-on-ones. And so, you know, just trying to, to create the best chance for our defense to be successful. And so that's got to continue, and uh, you know, we still – got several takeaways, which is what we want to be able to do. We just need to capitalize on them. We, we didn't score any points off those takeaways. And, and as I said, one of them we, are, we gave back. So that was, that was the defense's fault uh, for not securing the football. But still never took advantage of those. And, and we've been doing that in the previous games. And they did. You know, they, they scored 14 points off their takeaways. And, and um, we did not. So that, to me, really is, is probably the stat of the game right there. All right, Kevin and Tom. Yeah, Coach, it seems like every week in this league you face a dual-threat quarterback, Talia Tagaloa, excuse me, hard time getting that out, uh, his, uh, to his brother, shall we say. Uh, the, what have you seen so far on uh, film of him and uh, the challenge of, uh, you know, maybe shutting down those uh, rushing lanes uh, when, you know, the play breaks down and he does try to scramble? Yeah, he's really good, you know. Um, very talented quarterback, very impressed with him. You know, the, uh, the tape doesn't lie, and he's uh, got a quick release, makes good decisions. Uh, as you said, is a, is a dual guy, can run it and throw it, uh, very elusive. Um, isn't quite as big as, as Justin Fields' body type, but uh, very athletic and uh, excellent quarterback. So I've been very impressed with him. And he's got great weapons around him, and that's always been the case. They've always had every year that I've been here and we've played them, their, their skill, talent has been elite, and that's no different this year. So um, very, uh, you know, anytime a quarterback can, can beat you with his arm and his legs, uh, that's, a, that's a big concern, you know. And so you gotta, you got to do a tremendous job of, of uh, containing him. You know, we, we missed uh, eight opportunities for sacks that we did not get. We got him sacked five times. Uh, this past Saturday, but missed eight, which is just mind blowing. Um, and uh, you know, you gotta give him credit for being a, you know, a physically talented young man. But just you know, from angles to wrap up to finish to all those different things, um, just can't uh, can't let a quarterback like that get out. You know, when you got a chance to get those negative plays, um, you know, in those situations, you know, too. So, but yeah, you got another dual guy coming up that's going to put a lot of pressure on our defense. All right, Tom, and then Jim Coyle. Um, for most of this uh, first month of the season, we've talked a lot about everybody kind of learning how to adapt to accepting all this, all these good positive things that have happened. Uh, what sort of message did you have for them today in regards to, to bouncing back from uh, the first defeat of the year and, uh, and, and going forward from there? Well, you know, for me, it was really about um, going back to your foundation, uh, going back to uh, the core principles of what you believe, of how you um, have got to this point, you know, as a, as a player and as a program, as a coach, 
and uh, staying true to that. And to me, um, you know, yeah, even though we, you know, did not accomplish our goal on Saturday, uh, that doesn't alter the process that we go through to to recreate what we want on game day, which is a you know, which is a win, you know, at the end of the day. And so uh, bottom line is, is that uh, um, we're still in that quest for four quarters of our best football. Hasn't happened yet, and it's going to happen. And my goal is it happens on Saturday against Maryland. All right, Jim, and then Rick Bozich. Coach, you talk, you talk about Saturday being that day for that. But in this season of COVID uh, 2020, uh, the craziness, no buys built in, but with the possibility of not playing, if you don't play this week, what are the negatives, what are the positives about having this week off in this particular season right now for this team, probably needing the reps as much as possible? Yeah, I mean, you know, you go through and you look at, you know, other situations that have happened across the country, and, and we're not taking any of this for granted. We all, we understand every every time we get a chance to play, we're blessed and, and uh, thankful for that and realize that, uh, you know, it's fragile for sure. So you just look at, you know, at other places, and, and when you don't play, you know, you, you hurt, those reps hurt you. You know, you need those reps, and we've had limited um, a lot of things over, over these last few months, and, and so the game experience is what you want, and the opportunity to continue to, you know, even to me, it's like to get the negative out of your, you know, system from 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 falling short Saturday. So you want to get back on that football field as soon as you can, and and uh, you know get back to uh, doing the things that we know we do really well, and, and and getting the outcome that we want. You know, so that that would be you know all the reasons you want to play and keeping that rhythm and doing those things, and then obviously you know there you know if there if there was a benefit, you just talk about being able to you know I guess having some time for your body to heal, heal up and, and, and having that. But, you know, we're really not focusing on that at all. Um, really expecting us to play. I don't see a reason why we won't. Um, that's our mindset. That's our expectation. And, and that's the way we're going to plan this week. Rick and then Paul Gable. Yeah, Tom, um, in the aftermath of Saturday's game, you guys drew praise from LeBron James, Reese Davis, Chris Fowler, uh, Mark Cuban, Booger McFarlane, ABC World News Tonight. Uh, what's the significance of that for the program? And do you feel like in addition to the sort of building your team, you're building a brand? Yeah, we're building a program, you know. So you, sometimes you lose. You know, we didn't play our best football, and, and they played better than we did. They made more plays than we did. But I think what people saw was they saw uh, toughness. They saw a resiliency. They saw grit. They saw character. Um, and I said at halftime, I mean, I, I didn't know what was going to happen in the second half, but I knew what I expected to happen. And, and even the first drive didn't, didn't live itself out the way I wanted it to be. But, but uh, I think the country saw that this football team has all those things I just stated. And those are at the core fiber of who we are. Accountability, toughness, and love. And it's all branded in LEO. And when you love each other and you care about the guys next to you, you ain't going to quit on them no matter what. And that's a principle of life. And I talked to our guys today in this meeting about their future as husbands and fathers and leading their families one day and what it means to fight when tough, tough times come and things go hard and things don't go your way and you got people counting on you and you got children and you got a spouse and you, you got a family that is dependent upon you to be the man of that home and leading that home through the good and the bad. So that's what we're building here. And to me, that's what this is all about. And I think the country saw that. And uh, I was proud of our guys for them 
showing what I thought they had inside of them. We just got to keep building off of it. All right, Paul, then Olivia. Hey, Coach. The, the last few weeks, uh, offensive line and the running game have struggled. How much d does that hurt with the fast starts? And you've talked about depth on the offensive line and, and wanting that. How much of the running game can be, be attributed to maybe a lack of depth up front? It hurts you. You know, you lose some key guys and, and uh, you know, still to get to the point where you, when you lose a starter that, that there's no drop off and then there's, you know, continued opportunities for you to sustain the level of play no matter who you play against. And you got to, you know, part of that is, is you look at who we just played against and, and the caliber of their, their front seven, uh, which we know is at a high level. And so that to me is a variable that makes it hard. Um, and so, but yeah, it, to me, it's just, it's constantly that the area of, of uh, recruiting in our offensive line, player development, our offensive line, I think that group probably is hurt the most uh, during the pandemic um, because of just those guys need the weight room. They need all those workouts. They're developmental guys there more so maybe than even other positions uh, to get the mass you need, the strength, the conditioning, and just, you know, just the body types, you know, when you take time off and, and your ability to you, you lose some things and be able to get that back, um, you know, it, it's tougher for some of those guys. And so to me, it's just um, we got to keep, we got to stay the course, you know, we got to keep doing the things we're doing. And even during the season, you know, we do a lot of, we do an extra lift with our offensive linemen during the season for this very reason uh, normally, but more so even now because of just trying to make up for some things we lost during the pandemic, time being away, you know, and even when we came back and it was, it was botched and, and not consistent flow in that weight room. So, but and it's just, it's reps. You lose those reps in the spring. But I know everybody's in the same boat, but it just, you know, it does, it, it affects you and, and it hurts. And so, and we just got to continue to, you know, find creative ways to, to get, move the ball down the field, running it, you know, and creating first downs and, and, and giving our chance. We got talented guys to get the ball to, and we got to do a better job of, of uh, you know, helping them be successful. You know, it's, it's a team effort. It starts with me, and uh, Coach Sheridan is, is the leader of that side of the football, and, and uh, together we got to figure it out and, and uh, as a staff and, and uh, get some answers. All right, Olivia, then Stefan. Coach, I have – a nice and soft little question for you here today. It's Thanksgiving week. You have a lot to be thankful for for this football team right now. I want to know what you're giving thanks for for within the Indiana football program during this week. Yeah, just most thankful for just a football team that that uh, you know cares about the guys around them, has, has believed in what we're doing here, um, believed in the vision and and uh, is, is being able to be rewarded for that belief and all the sacrifices. Just thankful for my family, um, even amidst trials and struggles and difficult times. Uh, our health that can be quickly taken from us, you know, those things really uh, are at the forefront of what we're thankful for. And just, uh, and just all the people that are a part of our, our football family and extended families here and, and just being able to, to realize that uh, even though Life some, some can sometimes be hard. We're, we're very blessed for what we do have. Right, it looks like Stefan's got the last one here. Tom, I know you guys talk a lot about, you know, in fall camp, just swarming the ball, going after ball on defense. See that play by Jerome, I think it was 20, 25 yards. He's running downfield <laughs> to, to get that tip drill. I mean, how exciting was that to see? 
It's huge. You know, matter of fact, we, we pointed it out. I mean, you talk about running to the football and you got a defensive lineman that's uh, you know, being the beneficiary of a tip ball by a secondary player, you know, is, is uh, you know, basically proof and shows that uh, that's why you do it. You know, matter of fact, I remember we used a clip years ago. There was a Super Bowl clip uh, where, you know, a defensive end, I think, um, was able to do a similar thing, you know, almost near the end zone because he'd ran so far down the field to pursue the ball. And as it was tipped, he was able to, to get the pick. And so now we got our own version of that, you know, with Jerome and, and just to tribute to him and him playing so hard and a big 300 pound guy that uh, um, had the, you know, guts and grit to get there and then the skill to actually catch it. Cause that's, that's not something you take for granted with a guy that's, doesn't do ball drills in practice very often. So, but uh, we do takeaway circuit all the time, and we're scooping those balls up, and we do tip ball drills a bunch with our D line. But usually, it's not 30 yards downfield. But uh, proud of him for that. But you're right, great to point that out because it reinforces what we're teaching. Next up here, it's a couple of words from Michael Penix. Throws from Saturday. Um, it was the third and fourteen that you hit Wop on an out. Uh, I think you had to. It was like a linebacker blitz behind you. You kind of had to dance in front, and then you had Harry and a defensive lineman like literally right in your face. Mm-hmm. Um, like, how do you explain what you were able to do on that play, and how well were you actually able to see Wop when you're throwing that ball kind of over the linemen that are in front of you? Yeah, um, I feel like it was just you know just instincts play. You know, um, I believe they got a false start. On that play, you know, he jumped off quick, um, so I had to avoid him. So I feel like it was just instincts, you know, just being aware of the pocket, you know, just having good pocket presence and then finding a receiver. I, I, I completely saw him on a break and everything, so I was able to make an accurate throw. And after watching on film, it was like, I even coached, he was like, he don't know how I got it out. But uh, I don't know, it was just instincts play. All right, Zach, and then Tom Brew. I guess more broadly on that, I think it was Pro Football Focus charted that, that since they started charting it, they've never seen anybody with more completions against pressure than you had Saturday. Obviously, the goal is not to, to face pressure. I get that. But yeah. just uh, what was it uh, that kind of kept you level-headed, eyes downfield, and, and you know, connecting with guys even when Ohio State was maybe getting a bit of a rush? Yeah, um, I feel like that, that's just how I've always played. You know, I just um, – I know that – you know, at the quarterback position, you got to be poised, you got to be calm. You know, you got to, like, just control um, everything that's going on on the offensive side of the ball. You know, I can't show that I'm rattled because if the quarterback is showing that he's rattled, you know, it, it could send a message to the rest of the offense that that you don't want to have. So I, I just try my best to stay calm, you know, under pressure and just deliver deliver on strikes every time I get the opportunity. You know, um, I know I got great playmakers out there on the outside. So I know that if I put the ball in the air, you know, one of them going to go get it. So I, I really believe in them and I really trust them. And, you know, I just just go out there and play and just have fun. All right, Tom and then Peaks. Mike, just because of the of the injuries that you had to go through your first couple of years, you still really haven't played that many games here, but you still seem really comfortable in being able to get through your progressions in that. Do you feel good about how you're able to go from one to two to three and so on and find what you need to find? Yeah, um, I feel like it just comes with um, preparation. You know, it's just uh, all the work that I put in, you know, even in the offseason, um, going home, training with my coaches, um, and being here, making sure I'm studying the film and just understand, knowing the play, 
knowing the play call and just truly understanding what's going on. You know, it just helps me be more aware, help the game just come more um, slower to me so I, I can be able to read the field and just um, understand understand the timing of the play and just the progression that I have to go through. So I feel like it just comes with preparation and just, just hard work, you know, just make sure that you stay on your craft and just make sure that you um, study the playbook and know, know everything that's going on so you can go out and execute at a high level. Michael, you've had a really good ability to throw off your back foot. Has that always been the case? And uh, is it something you have to be careful of when when you do have the time to kind of do a normal throwing motion? Yeah, um, I feel like um, I, I really don't do it too much, uh, just just when I need to. And I feel like um, I was I was blessed with um, a lot of arm strength, you know. Um, so I I just use that to my abilities, you know. Whenever I have to make those type of throws, you know. I'm confident in myself that I can make uh, everything on the field, you know, no matter the position that I'm in, you know. Uh, so I, I just continue to just work hard. You know, it happens in practice as well, you know. Uh, everything isn't always going to be clean, so you, you got to find ways to get the ball to your receivers, you know, different arm angles and such, you know. So I, I just I, I just practice extremely hard, you know, and, and those things just happen in practice, and it shows up in the game. All right, Rick and then Kevin. Yeah, Mike, um... On Saturday, people like LeBron, Booger McFarland, a bunch of people were tweeting out praise for you and, and for Indiana football. Did you see that, and what does it mean to you? Yeah, um, I, I saw the LeBron one, and it meant a lot. You know, he was he was um, talking about our, our team and, and how we fought. You know, and it, it just shows shows that um, people people see it. You know, people see the work that we we've been putting in. You know, and they see that see they see that we've been like extremely working extremely hard. You know, we've been going out. Fighting every week, you know, all the way to the last whistle. Um, I feel like it is very encouraging. You know, obviously we didn't get the result we wanted, but you know, to see those things, you know, it was very in encouraging, and, and we we all appreciate it. Kevin and then Griffin. Yeah, Mike. Um, you know, you've had a couple of games this year where you've gone 45, 50 pass attempts, and I'm just curious, what's it like when you get to throw number 45, 46? Do you feel like you still have that same zip on the ball that you do? Uh, <laughs> in one and uh, you know I know pitchers sometimes go through fatigue or how, how many do you think you could throw in a game? Yeah, nah, um I I don't think I get fatigued. You know, we we throw we throw a decent amount of practice every day and plus just a lot of um treatment, you know, just going in and getting um treatment from the trainers, you know, uh they they always taking good care of me. So I I'm no I know that there's no concern about my arm getting tired or anything cuz I I stay on top of that as much as I can. And just whatever whatever we need to um to be successful, you know, on the offensive side of the ball, you know, I, I'm willing to throw 100 passes if I have to, um, if that's what it comes down to. So I, I just feel like just make sure that I take care of my body the right way and just um, make sure I just stay true to my mechanics so um, things don't get off. You know, I feel like I could throw as many balls, you know, after a while, you know, it's, you know, it's not too much, but manageable, you know. All right, Griffin and then Paul. Hey, Mike, uh, you were talking about your confidence earlier, and Nick was mentioning earlier that at uh, your first practice at IU, you could see that you're a good quarterback because of your poise. You don't seem to have any fear, and, and you're just always confident on the field. Where does that come from? Um, I, I really don't know. Uh, I just feel like, you know, I feel like just growing up, you know, I had a lot of – it was all, it was a lot of pressure. Like on, on me, you know, just as a quarterback, you know, I feel like that that position it, it takes a lot to play that position, you know, because you know, like they say, when things go good, you know, um, 
you're going to get a lot of credit, but when things go bad, you're going to get the blame. So it, it, it just takes that from a quarterback. You know, you just got to have that maturity. You got to have that uh, level head. Just make sure that you stay the same through all situations because, you know, you got people looking looking at you, you know, whenever things are going good, you know, the uh, team's looking at you. Things going bad, the team's looking at you. So you, you just got to stay the same. So, so either way, no matter what's going on, you know, everybody knows that. You're going to get the same player every time. And that's what, that's what the team knows for sure about me. You know, no matter what's going on, you know, they're still going to get the same player. And, and that's, that's just something that I make sure I stay focused on and make sure I stay, stay on top of because I don't, I don't want to show anything less to the team, you know. All right, Paul, and then we'll wrap with Jim. Hey, Mike, when you look at Maryland's defense, they've got one of the better linebackers in the Big Ten statistically. What stands out to you about them? Yeah, um, I'm not. I, I mean, I seen like um one of their games early on, but I really we have we haven't started um the film yet. You no, know, today was just a correction. So uh, I feel like we're, we're gonna definitely get onto it, and you know we're gonna um have a great great game plan as we do always. You know, Coach Sheridan and the whole officer staff. You know, we're we're gonna um find ways to go out and execute at a high level. You know, that's what we're gonna practice on. We're gonna work on as the week go on. We're gonna um see see what we um have to face. All right, Jim, last one. Mike, for someone who does not lack confidence, when you make the throws that you do and Ty and, and, and WAP and that entire crew are making these spectacular catches and then turning them into bigger plays, how, how much more dangerous does that make you, someone who doesn't even lack confidence but seems to, to, to give you just uh, the ability to, to do things that most quarterbacks can't do out there? Yeah, um, it, it gives me a lot of confidence, and it just it, it makes me excited, you know, just knowing that I got those guys out there. You know they trust me, and I trust them as well. You know, um, you look at you look at the numbers, you know, from the games and all that. But like, if you look at you know those guys are making the plays. You know, um, obviously without my offensive line and you know, the running backs and pass protection as well. You know, I, I can't get the ball off, and those guys making those plays. You know, they're they're the reason behind like the the success that we've been showing on the offensive side of the ball. We just got to continue to go out and execute at a high level. We just got to do it um, more often. And I feel like we have a great team. You know, it, it's real fun to watch. It's real fun to be out there. And um, I feel like, you know, the best is yet to come. And finally, something a little bit different this week. Let's hear from t wide receiver Ty Freifogel, who has set a Big Ten record with back-to-back 200-yard -back receiving games. That's never happened in conference history before, which is stunning to me, but it is what it is. And he also just took home his second straight Big Ten pl Offensive Player of the Week award. Here's Ty Freifogel. Hey, Ty. Um, when you were coming to Indiana, I mean, how much did you envision possibly that you would be able to have games like you've had in the last, like, two or three weeks? I mean, is that something that you couldn't even imagine, you know, having these kind of back-to-back 200-yard -back games? And, I mean, um, how much do you think your story is for the rest of the receiver room, just kind of one of you can develop gradually throughout your career and then kind of break out like this? Um, yes, I mean, that was always the goal, you know, to get to a point like this to where I can – feel like I'm playing the best of my game, you know. It's, you know, it took time, you know. It's getting better every year. You know, it's just, you got to take it day by day. That's how I feel like, and you know. I feel like I'm playing at the top of my game right now, but I just need to keep going and getting better every day. Kevin Brockway and then Dylan Wallace. Yeah, Ty, growing up in Mississippi, how did that shape you as a football player? And did you have a favorite team that you kind of, rooted for uh, back then? Were you kind of an SEC fan or what was your what was your upbringing like in terms of football? Oh, I mean, that's that's all we do down in Mississippi is, just, you know, play sports, mostly football, you know. 
And then my favorite sports team was always the Saints, just because I was probably about an hour from there. You know, Drew, B Drew Brees has always been there. He's been really good. You know, they won a Super Bowl a couple of years ago. So, yeah, the Saints. Dylan Wallace. Hey, Ty, after, you know, like, on Saturday's performance, it seemed like a few people kind of were tweeting about you. Like, I think you posted a graphic sort of with, with a few of them, maybe like Stephen A. Simpson, a few. I mean, what's it been like personally for you kind of just seeing some of those, uh, you know, tweets and some of the attention you've been getting? Oh, I mean, it's exciting, you know, to see, like, my, my work is finally being noticed, you know, but still got to just keep working and getting better because none of that none of that matters after the week's over with. You got a new week. You got to move on from there. You get better. Okay, when you're talking about Maryland, the question obviously is what is there to expect? Now, this is not a team that has been great defensively. Obviously, giving up 43 points to Northwestern, giving up another uh, 44 in that overtime win over uh, Minnesota. This is not a team that is known for its uh, its defense. Um, showed some things against Penn State, but Penn State's really been struggling offensively. And again, that was three weeks ago by the time they kick off on Saturday. So there, there's a, still a lot of questions about this ball club and what they're really, really great at. Now, their leading rusher is Jake Funk, who has uh, 43 carries for 336 yards and a couple of touchdowns. And, uh, you know, th their passing game is uh, Talia Tagiavola, uh, who's 58 of 86 passing, 770 yards, six touchdowns, four interceptions. Now, the real question here, as far as I'm concerned, is this is a team that that defensively has not been great, especially in the run game. They are giving up an average of 227 yards on the ground, which means you would expect Indiana to be able to run the ball a little bit better than we've seen the past couple of weeks. That's important because you need to find some balance in on that offense to take pressure off of uh, of IU quarterback Michael Penix to have to do everything with his arm. He almost got the job done last week against Ohio State as Indiana really struggled to run the ball. I think their running backs finished with 18 total yards as a team. Indiana ran for a loss of one yard on the day. Obviously not great numbers. Now, against Maryland and a Maryland team that hasn't played in a few weeks, a Maryland defense that has been very generous on the ground, you want to see that offensive line from the from the very first drive command the point of attack. Own the line of scrimmage, get some push, open some holes so that Stevie Scott and Samson James could, could get some room to run. And it's extremely important that Indiana start to establish the run because this is an offensive line that hasn't done a great job against uh, just opening holes to run the ball. Last week is a little bit more understandable because you're playing Ohio State, and Ohio State is Ohio State. Maryland's different. They've given up a lot of points. They've given up a lot of yards on the ground, and being able to, to establish the run is going to make everything so much easier for the Hoosiers. Um, from a passing standpoint, Maryland also generous uh, through the air. Uh, they're giving up an average of 247 yards. They've given up five touchdowns passing. This is a team that uh, uh, is not great defensively. Offensively, they could put some points up. But again, it really comes down to Indiana being able to run the ball and establish that a little bit against a team that has been very, very shaky defensively. So what are we looking at for Indiana? Well, obviously, you have Fry, Ty Fry Fogel, Wap Fillier, Michael Penix, these, and Peyton Hendershot. These guys, you, you certainly will put a lot of pressure 
on that Maryland defensive backfield and just Maryland as a team to prepare for the um, the passing attack. Indiana threw for almost 500 yards last week, so Penix has a, has a big arm. He can make some things happen. That should also help loosen uh, the the line for the running game a little bit, and that's the and it works both ways. I would like to see if Indiana isn't able to get the running game going for them to turn into a little bit of an extended running game on some short passes. Last week against Ohio State, maybe that isn't something that was going to be all that effective because of Ohio State's athleticism and quickness. Maryland doesn't have that. They're not at the same level. So if Indiana is unable to run the ball to open some holes, I would like to see Indiana just kind of use a short passing game as a little bit of an extended uh, uh, running game. But this is a team that Maryland is certainly a, a, a ball club that is vulnerable, especially because of all that they've been going through the past several weeks. I mean, it's touch and go about, uh, you know, if this game is even going to be played. I'm approaching this as if it's going to be played, and certainly Maryland seems to be approaching it that way. But you never know. You never know for a team that has had to cancel its last two games uh, due to COVID-19 issues. So you really want to see Indiana uh, come out in this one, uh, play with a sense of urgency from the opening kickoff, be able to establish the game uh, at uh, the the point of attack, and also have Indiana's defense smack Maryland in the mouth a couple of times early on and really just reestablish themselves. We're the number 12 team in the nation. We're going to play defense like we're the number 12 team in the nation. The team that they played last week is head and shoulders better than what the Terrapins are going to bring to the field at Memorial Stadium. Indiana want to put, wants to put its flag in the ground defensively, and that offensive line needs to make something happen early on to establish the run and give Indiana's offense some balance. I like Indiana a lot in this one. Yes, Maryland's a bit of an X factor, but I also feel like Indiana is a team that is, again, looking to make a statement that we belong where we are ranked. We are as good as everybody uh, seems to think we are, and we need to continue to build respect. This is a team that has a great mindset right now, and I give Tom Allen all the credit in the world for that. Um, You know, there was some video of him from the locker room after that Ohio State game where he was very emotional. And he was not about to allow his team to kind of feel good about coming back against Ohio State. They fought. And he's certainly proud of his team, loves his team. That's all great. But he also wants to make sure that they don't um, get too too high, get too low. The loss was disappointing. Indiana felt like it it should have ended up winning that ball game. And maybe they should have. But if you're going to do that, you're going to have that mindset, you have to come out against a team like Maryland and bounce back with a sense of urgency. That's what I'm going to be looking for at the start of this one. I'm going to be looking for that offensive line to, to make a statement as well by getting a push off the ball, finding a little bit of room to run for Stevie Scott and Samson James, and it will make everything a lot easier if the Hoosiers are able to do just that. You have this Maryland game, you have a trip to Wisconsin next week, you have Purdue in two weeks, and then whatever championship week is and whatever bowl Indiana might be able to go to going forward, step one of all this is being able to bounce back from a loss. It's not something Indiana's had to do yet this year. I'll be interested to see how they do it, knowing the mental toughness uh, that I've seen out of this team so far. I have confidence that they'll be able to do it. Now you just have to show it on the field. Well, that's all the time we have on the Pigs podcast this week. I want to thank you for listening, and I want to remind you to visit Pigs.com for the very best in IU football and basketball coverage you're going to find anywhere. Nobody covers who's your recruiting better than Mike Pegram, Jeff Ravjohns, and Matt Weaver. So come be a part of a thriving and exciting community at Pigs.com. Folks, you are not going to be 
disappointed. Folks, we're out of time, but for now, and for Mike, Jeff, and Matt, I'm Ken Bikoff saying thanks for listening, everybody.